Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm Steven Jensen. Today, we are doing predictions for AEW All Out, and I am joined once again by Doug Bateman. Doug is someone you probably know from back in the day on YouTube. Him and his friend Bill are people I consider pioneers in the YouTube community, as well as just, you know, podcasting in general when it comes to professional wrestling content and mixed martial arts content. And I'm really happy to have Doug back on the show. If you want to do your predictions for AEW All Out, and you want to win some big cash and big prizes, jump on WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for all fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling. In the All Out Pick'em, the first place prize is $1,000 cash. That is $1,000 cash. Second and third place are going to get a mystery box from WrestleRumble. So jump on there right now, take part in the contest, and make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at WrestleRumble. So without any further ado, kick back, relax, and enjoy these all-out predictions from me and Doug Bateman right here on the Fight Talk Podcast. We got AEW All-Out coming up uh, this yes, Saturday. Sir. Pretty pumped for that. This uh, podcast, of course, sponsored by WrestleRumble.com. Uh, they are the place to be for all pick em contests for pro wrestling. Have I ever gotten you a uh, an entry for Russell Rumble before, Doug? Oh, uh, no. No, I don't even okay. know about it, to be honest with you. Okay, well, I got you for this one, dude. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, you'll get an email. Um, I'll have the guy who runs the website send you one out. It'll probably come in, probably come like Saturday morning, so just keep your eyes out for it. Okay. Um, I'll have you shoot me your email address. Um, just direct message it to me, and I'll get that to him. Yeah, no but, problem. But uh, basically what WrestleRumble.com is, it's a... It's, uh, it's basically fantasy pickums for pro wrestling. So okay. it's, you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today with winners and losers, but there's also going to be, you know, I don't know the questions yet, but usually they have other stuff mixed in like, you know, match times or like, well, you know, who will be like the first team to like jump off a ladder in the ladder match, you know, the little wow. variable kind of question okay. there. Cool. Um, and the first place prize is a thousand dollars cash. So you can oh, win. Wow. Like, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Um, second and third place are both going to get a mystery box from WrestleRumble.com, which I don't know what will be in that box, but I'd imagine probably like some T-shirts, some art, something or other. Um, a lot of people play the play the game. But it's a lot of fun. And I, uh, I've i won one time, and I won a replica NXT championship belt, which I've, I've never owned a replica title before, and this is the first one I've got. And I, can't, I couldn't believe how cool it was. I was like, man, this, this, is, this is legit. I got it sitting in my office right now. So... Oh, you walked around real. WrestleMania. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? So you walking around with it at WrestleMania? No, man. So, <laughs> so you know, I know there are people who listen to this show that do that. Like I know specifically uh-huh. a few people that do. So I don't want to, I don't want to roast too hard, but I, I do, I do firmly believe that if you bring a replica title to a pro wrestling show, it's twenty four seven rules. Like someone's yeah. allowed to try, try to take it from you. <laughs> One thing that really makes me cringe is when they go to the meet and greets with the title, and then they have the wrestler hold their replica title. Like, <laughs> no. Like, come on. Like, that's for you, not for them. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's a little small bit. Yeah. But yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, good deal. I uh, Yeah, I got some stories about that, too, man. I remember being a kid, and there was a guy at a – it was a WWE show back in, like, 2000 and, like, two or three or something like that. It was around the time, like, Goldberg had just come into the WWE. I, like, specifically remember that. Yeah. And he came in, and this was a show in Atlanta where 
uh, Gilbert came out, like The Rock was doing those rock concerts, and Gilbert came out and like baited the uh, Goldberg, the real Goldberg, to come out, and The Rock beat him up with a chair. And the yep. reason the reason I remember this so well is because I hit the bathroom like right after the segment, and there was a guy with like four replica titles at the urinal. He had like two on each arm kind of thing. It was like, and he was in there trying to convince people that Goldberg was playing possum in the ring. Like it was all a trap and he was dead serious. And I was like, and I was like, all right, well, uh, this, I don't want to become that one day. So, (laughs) yep. Yep. I'll never forget it. So, uh, as far as all out goes, man, I know you're a huge AEW fan. Uh, for those of you who, Still don't know who Doug is. Somehow, if you've listened to my show, um, he was someone I, I you know I watched a lot of his YouTube videos years back. And he's somebody who really uh, he he saw, so he kind of he waved the flag for TNA, but also it was more out of like necessity of like we're looking for an alternative. Like you were looking for an alternative to WWE programming a yep. decade ago. Yep. And now we're we're kind of finally here. Like, there's a legitimate yep. brand out there in AEW. Um, this is a pivotal show, in my opinion. I think that this this is going to set the the tone for what we we or, you know we're going to expect when they start on on TNT and everything. I guess kind of going into it, Doug. What are your thoughts, just like in general, before we go through the matches? Like, how big is this for you? Okay, so first, um, I'm I'm concerned. That do people view this show as CM Punk or bust? So mm-hmm. if CM Punk doesn't actually debut for AEW in Chicago, will this show be a huge letdown? And what I hate about it is, is that might not even be reasonable at all. Like he might completely not be interested in told him to go kick rocks, and yet that's the expectation. Um, I think that people really want it. I thought that his StarCast promo was really wow. Like, just seeing him back in the ring and seeing him actually take a bump, even screwing around, it was just kind of like, man, I didn't know if he'd even be willing to do this. So, I don't know. I also thought that some of the interviews that they've been giving, like Cody saying that he thinks he's going back to the WWE, I mean, that sounds really bizarre. So, I just feel like some things are cryptic. And one thing that I I don't think a lot of people picked up on, but I want to bring it up, is when Adam Page was training for his match with Pac, he was pulling a Pepsi truck. And I just felt like, why would you put Pepsi there? Like, have they been doing little hints and stuff that we just haven't picked up on? And it could be like kind of like a a Kaiser Soze moment from Usual Suspects where it all just kind of flashes at you all at the end and you start to realize who this person is. And so, like, there's a lot of things there that I feel like if Punk shows up, it's huge. It's that that Moxley debut type thing, and it's a huge momentum going into uh, the TNT show. But I don't feel like we should really rely just on Punk. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing in my view. Another thing that I think is weird about AEW is I just can't believe how many people are discrediting AEW. How many people are basically treating it like it's another TNA? Listen, I went to the movies to see Hobbs and Shaw, and I saw an AEW TNT commercial while I was waiting for the movie to start. That TNA never got that. You know what I mean? Like. TNA never got the type of publicity that this is getting. TNA never 
had a major network like TNT. And not just that, the cons are are loaded, man. Like, and their connections are insane, especially when it comes with NFL and Fulham Soccer League and all that stuff. Like, Vince has never had to mess with anybody like that. So I, I just think people need to understand that this is a way more serious threat than what they want to make it out to be. I couldn't agree with you more on everything you said. Um, <laughs> it, no, seriously. Like, because I'm, I'm one of those people where, like, I'm actually really tired of the CM Punk pro wrestling talk. Like, Oh, I am too. You know, I like, too. you know, and just like you, you know, like, we were both fans of his before he ever got to the WWE. You know, like, we're, we, we're longtime fans. We're also both hardcore MMA fans. We watched his UFC run. It didn't go well. And it's one of those things where it's like, if CM Punk wants to do professional wrestling, I'll embrace him and welcome welcome him right back, just along with everybody else. But if 100%. he doesn't want to do it, why, why force this guy to do something he doesn't like to do? We saw what happened last time when he was doing stuff he didn't want to do in the pro wrestling business. He fucking well, quit. I, I, guess, I guess that's where it is, is why don't you want to do this? Everything that you complained about, about how you wanted to change the business and do all this stuff, and you're so mad at Vince McMahon and you're bitter and everything, this would be the ultimate in your face to Vince McMahon that you could possibly do. This would be a a way that you could really control your character, do what you want to do on a mainstream scale, and bring back credibility to your name. Because I hate to break it to you, Punk, but you were an embarrassment in the UFC, and you lost a lot of cool points. And then you do commentating for MMA and stuff. Dude, nobody wants you in that MMA circle. You were not a true athlete in the first place. You were more of a ring general, ring psychology, things like that, promo skills. But you were never this unbelievable athlete. So you, so him being in the UFC was a joke. And uh, I just feel like if he wants to reestablish his legacy, bring pride back to his name, he needs to go back to wrestling. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, as far as the credibility goes, for sure, because you nailed it right on the head again. Like, because I thought CM Punk was cool as hell. Like, as a pro wrestler, I thought he was he was really cool when he left the company. I loved his uh, podcast he did with Cole Cabana. Yeah. I was, you know, quote, you know, no pun intended. I was all in on CM Punk. Couldn't wait to see right. what he did next. And I even bought the hype, as you probably, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when he got signed to the UFC. I was pretty optimistic. I was like, you know what? Maybe this guy is better than I, I think. Like, who knows? Like, he's been talking about training in jiu-jitsu forever. And, yep. you know, he uses MMA influence in his matches. Although Vanderlei like, Silva wrist roll, so he watches Pride. Like, yeah, like <laughs> right. I, I all try to talk myself into it. But at the end of the day, you go over his age and you go over how long he's been in the business. And then you look at him. And, and I thought mostly that he was way better at jiu-jitsu than he was. Yes. So I thought, well, at least he could get guys to the ground and he could tap them out, right? Yeah, that's not going to work. So it, it was just a big bust. It, ugh. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, But as far as, uh, as far as like AEW being a threat, though, uh, the CM Punk stuff aside, which, you know, if it happens, that's great. If not, it's not going to ruin the show for me. If CM Punk doesn't show up, I'm not going to think, you know what I mean? Like, it's to me, it's, it would be icing on the cake if he showed up. But I don't need yes. him to show up to to enjoy the show by any means. But 100%. as far right, right. And as far as, uh, you know, being a threat, you know, it's a threat when 
fucking NXT literally does a counter-programming move to move to live two hours Wednesday nights. It's like anybody who says that they aren't a threat of a company, the WWE is literally reacting to them existing by making changes in their product because of it. Well, and what's funny to me, right, is I always looked as NXT is the only thing that could really compete with AEW. Like the takeover show is usually can't miss. And that brings kind of the same audience as AEW. I never thought that they were actually going to put NXT live against AEW. It makes all the sense in the world. And once they started talking about bringing it on a Wednesday, I was just like, oh, man, they're going to go live just the same time as AEW. I called it months ago because that's the type of businessman that Vince is. Um, But to me, if you're not going to tour and you're just going to put that thing in full sale and every week, that thing is going to become the impact zone. People yeah. aren't going to be marking out the spots because they've seen everything. And you, then you've got this video shots and all this production and all this stuff of NXT of like, I don't know how many people Full Cell has, what, 500, 1,000? And then you're going to watch AEW on TNT of seven, 8,000 people. And you're going to tell me that AEW looks second rate? Like, no way. And so Vince is going to be forced to to start touring uh, NXT. And it's just going to change the structure. And I just feel like if you're doing moves just because of the competition, then it it just it's not genuine enough and it will it will show up eventually. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if this was your plan all the way all the way along, that's fine. But this wasn't and this was just a counter move because AEW. Yeah. Well, I mean, they even did it with that Evolve special during AEW. Right. Was it Fight for the Fallen? It's like right. clear. It's clear as day what they're doing. And uh, and quick, quick fuck you to anyone who listens to this who likes to go on Twitter. And they, there's so many people that do this where they're like, you know, don't even talk about it. Like, we shouldn't be talking about the competition because – you know, it's just it's just good for the wrestling fans. Wrestle, and it's like you know, you that's it is. I love that there's more wrestling. I'm gonna watch both shows, but yeah. to just ignore the competition side of it and like not somewhat take sides is ridiculous to me. Like I want I want to see a war. They're bringing a war. Yes, this is definitely a war. And what 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 I hate is this automatic assumption that Vince is gonna win no matter what because he's Vince McMahon. Why? Because he beat WCW. Do you know how mismanaged and terribly ran WCW was? Like, this is different. And that's what I keep saying. Like, Eric Bischoff, go listen to Eric Bischoff on 83 Weeks. He has a completely different mindset of what wrestling is. And not only that, his idea of his core superstars were all old people. It's not that way in AEW. Some of those guys are 23 years old. So... Their core people are going to be well-rounded uh, professional wrestlers that haven't even really been exposed yet, you know. And I and I've been under the 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 idea that well, you know, that the people know them from the indies and all that stuff. But when I saw like what happened with Darby Allen, right? Like Darby yeah. Allen had been a known indie guy, um, you know, PWG, Evolve, whatever. Um, and like the moment 
the crowd witnessed Darby Allen and Cody, it just it, he completely changed in people's eyes. Like all of a sudden he started getting reactions and it was just it was different, you know. And I just feel like it's going to be that way all the way across the board with a lot of these guys. Yeah, like MJF being another perfect example. Like, most people didn't know about MJF. And then he walks well, out, and everyone's like, this is the best heel in the business. Where's this guy been? Well, I remember MJF uh, from when they did the all-in, you know, the road to all-in. And they right. did that little video on him. That was the first time I ever saw him. Oh, and really? I was just, that's, first time. I had no idea. Awesome. I never watched him from CZW, and I never – Watched him from all the other indie stuff. Like, I had no idea who he was. And I watched his promos, and I was just like, man, this guy's trying way too hard to be a heel. You know what I mean? And then I watched his match. I didn't think it was that good with Matt Cross. And then, like, man, when he got on being the elite, though, it just it changed the game. And not only that, he got a lot better. He really did. Um, you can even go back and watch his promos from a couple of years to where he is now, and it's he's a lot better. Uh, so yeah, and, and it's crazy how young he is. So, yeah, he's one of those guys that, uh, he worked a lot of Indies around, like around my area. So luckily I was able to see him kind of towards like, cause he's only been in the business for like three or four years like yeah. total. Um, yeah. but I think I got to start watching him after around like year two or so. Right. And, and he's absolutely gotten a lot better. Like at first, at first, like people would chant, um, EC2 at him. Because, like, he was, like, yep. clearly, like, you know, like, an EC3, EC3 type, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, like, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's a whole other thing we could talk about. It, but, uh, yeah, I know you're a fan of his as well. So, yeah, but, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's, like, seeing a guy like MJF, seeing a guy like Darby Allen, same kind of scenario. Um, I, I saw him wrestle in a high school gym in Chattanooga, Tennessee, you know, two years ago or whatever. Now you see this guy on a, on a major stage against, you know, big time performers, someone like Cody Rhodes, like it's so cool seeing this as like a fan of the Indies, but it's, it's also really cool. Kind of like you just mentioned where it's like, cause I'm not, a, I'm not the kind of like wrestling snob that's out there. That's like, you know, against casual fans. If you don't yeah. know who these people are, I get a kick out of seeing somebody who is a casual wrestling fan, or maybe they just watched the WWE and I see them tweeting about like, you know, these names that I'm talking about. And to me, like, that's a win also. It's like, th this is awesome. Like, like these these people who aren't indie wrestling fans are either going to become indie wrestling fans because they're seeing where the talent's coming from, or at the very least, they're getting their eyes on new talent that they would never see in the WWE. Right. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree. And, you know, the, the thing is, is like I actually like listening to a lot of the casual fans that never seen some of these guys because I just want to hear their reaction. I want to hear what what gets them, what made them excited, what made them go, "Wow, that's different." Oh, I've never seen that. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I I just don't know how many people will just turn on the TVC wrestling and be like, "Oh, I want to watch this." Because in my opinion, I, I and this is, you know, could be controversial or whatever, but I really feel like most of the Attitude Era fans went to the UFC. And so can you get those UFC fans back to watch um, AEW? And that's really, that's really what it's going to be about. Because I don't know how many of it's going to be to get WWE fans to watch AEW. I think it's got to be to get the fans that stopped watching wrestling but loved it at one point. I think you're right. 
And uh, CM Punk, that might be a weird crossover for the, for the UFC fan. If they see him on the screen, they're like, oh, shit, this is what this is. <laughs> you know, but hey, maybe maybe Cain Velasquez could be that guy. Dude, I would. Nope. I, I was blown away by his, his AAA appearance. I just didn't expect him to do luchador stuff. I just no, thought he was just gonna do like kind of like just a big man wrestler type, but then he, he busts out her on Rana, and I'm like, oh. But here's my thing, dude. His back is shot. He's in terrible shape. Like I don't, I don't see this being a long thing at all. But hey, who knows? Well, I don't know if it was you or others that I had seen. Like I know a lot of us have have the same mindset with this, whether we've said it publicly or not. But I mean, it's it's the biggest fuck you of all time. If like if AEW signs Cain Velasquez and they just start cutting promos about how they have the guy who really kicked Brock Lesnar's ass. And yeah, WWE is, is their guy. They've, they've built this whole fucking company around for the last, you know, five, six they years. They be like, don't believe us, YouTube it. You know what <laughs> I mean? And so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and that's the beauty thing. So, and, and this is another thing that, um, I really enjoy about AEW is AEW storylines advance AEW, right? But if you're watching NXT, it could completely change. The roster could completely change because they could go up to the main roster. So it's like you can't be fully invested because you know it's just temporary. And with AEW, it's more like this is this is it. This is the long term. This is the main show. This is what you came to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're so. totally right about that. Like. I, uh, I probably the last, geez, it's probably been at least the last maybe half a year. I haven't watched NXT TV at all. Like I watched every takeover because they can't miss. 100%. But, but it's, it's kind of for the reasons you were just mentioning where it's like, it's kind of hard to keep up with their TV show when people are coming and going and they can't like really finish out storylines. And then there's also like, that gutting, that gutted like feeling you get of like watching someone just completely killing it in NXT and knowing that they're going to be ruined whenever they get called up. So like, oh. you know, so it's like, like there's no way you can be happy for Johnny Gargano if he gets called up. Like you just know it's over for him. Yeah, totally over. He he will, he will not. I like I like Johnny Gargano. Like he's a guy. Oh, he's I a love Johnny Gargano. Great in ring performer, but there he. They will not know what to do with them. I'm I'm terrified of the undisputed era getting called up. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking, you got four of the best guys in the world in one stable, and and they're because they're like you know my height, they, it'll be a problem kind of thing. You oh, one hundred percent. I mean, what what are they going to do with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, like, and, or Roderick Strong? Like, come on, they're not going to do anything with those guys. And then with Adam Cole, I mean. I could see him being like mid card and stuff, but at the end of the day, they're just going to view him as too small to actually be the guy. So it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's going to make for some interesting times. You also have the confusion about, you know, like spoiler alert. I don't, I don't know if you know what's going on with the NXT tag team titles right now at all. I think undisputed era won them, right? They did, but the street profits are still being billed as the champions on raw. So, yeah, so, like, because it's happened on, you know, you know, it's already happened for real, most people, you know, know that this has already happened. But the WWE is just, you know, just completely ignoring the fact that in real real time, they are not the champions, but they're continuing to promote them as, as if they are, which is just strange. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. 
Yeah. So anyway, let's uh let's get to some of these matches, dude. Let's um, do it. Pretty pumped about this. Uh, we'll start off with uh, you know, you know, we'll we'll start off with one that I know that we're both really really looking forward to. We have the twenty one woman casino battle royal. <laughs> um, the winner, the winner will receive a match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship. That match will happen on October the second on the AEW on TNT broadcast. Um, this sounds let, very let familiar. Let be anybody but Nyla Rose, dude. That was a guy. I was gonna serve you that's, a softball on that one, actually. That's it. <laughs> let it be anybody but Nyla Rose. I think Nyla Rose sucks. It was and, because of your your right wing conservative views, Doug. Not because she's not in the ring. Listen, I I might if she if she was a complete you know she's complete uh, left wing liberal whatever I could care less. If she was amazing, I'd give her props. But and listen, it, it, I'm calling her a she at least. Give me credit, okay? And, yeah, dude. And yeah. Uh, you're not uh, misgendering. That's very that's very that's very uh 2019 of you, Doug. Right. I'm using my proper pronouns. Anyways. Um, I, I just, there's nothing that's really jumped out at me. The one thing I thought that she did okay was that flying knee off the top rope. But like, other than that, I mean, it is a fat, pudgy, out of shape, not great pro wrestler that is just getting by based on her situation. I just, not a fan. I just had a curiosity, and and I agree. I don't think she's that good. I really don't. Like, oh, yeah. it has nothing to do with her gender. Like, it doesn't. But you know what question's coming next. What do you think about Sunny Kiss? Okay, so Sunny Kiss, I can see the athletic side of, of him. But everything he does looks choreographed. He doesn't look like he's trying to hurt anybody in there. He will not lay it in. And so that bothers me. And I understand that he's a gay wrestler, and... Maybe that's supposed to be part of his gimmick, but like, if you literally look like you're not trying to hurt your opponent and it just looks like a dance, I just don't see how that benefits anyone. Yeah, that's that's fair. You know, he he. Uh, I think, you know, I think he has done better than I expected. I get. I how should I put this? I had very low expectations of Sunny Kiss going into it. Yeah, and my expectations of I, I've. I've warmed up to him a bit because, I mean, the crowd definitely gets behind him. I mean, I got to give him that credit. And, you know. I, I think AEW draws a very diverse crowd also. So I think, and honestly, I think a lot of that stems from the Kenny Omega, Bushi, Golden Lovers storyline. I think that that type of fan base traveled to AEW. And then AEW said, we accept you, we want you, we love you, whatever. And so... Uh, I think you're definitely going to see stuff like that, but I'm very questionable. You, you know, you know, going to those wrestling shows, what the crowd is really like, and you go tour all over the world and you bring out gay guys and, and transgenders and all that. I don't see everyone just welcoming, welcoming them with open arms. I really don't. It'll be interesting. Um, I know Jim Cornette is definitely uh been talking a lot about his views on it which which makes no sense because jim Cornette is like a left wing but he is he's got right wing all over him when it comes to his idea of pro wrestling so it just it 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 just makes no sense to me he is so the opposite of what you think he would be yeah and i'll also say with jim Cornette, like because there's been a few people 
I haven't got like any like hate over it or anything like that. But like, there's been people who have like asked me like, like, why do you even listen to that guy? Or like, you know, just like talking to people at indie shows, it's come up because a lot of the people he's talking about, like Marco Stunt being a great example, like the people he dislikes are people like kind of within the inner circle of like Nashville wrestling. So like a lot of people know people that he's talking about. And it's one of those things where like, I'm, I'm very pro free speech. So like, I have no problem with somebody with a different opinion stating their opinion. No calls to violence. I have no problem with it at all. But it's one of these things. It's like, I think we need people like Jim Cornette out there. I 100%, really do. 100%. I really and not only that, if you think that Jim Cornette is full of crap, if you think that he's a huge problem in the pro wrestling industry, then let him keep talking. Because all exactly. he'll do is bury himself. Don't silence him. Let him talk. Let him say the stuff that he wants to say. Let him say that he's going to have his wife uh, drive him down to Russo's grave so he can piss all over it or whatever. Like, let him talk. Because at the end of the day, if you if you think that he's this horrible person and all this stuff, then he's going to bury himself by what he thinks. Now, the, the way I feel about Jim Cornette, and this is, I think, just a society issue in general, if you disagree with someone on certain topics... I feel like in today's society, we want to write them off completely forever. And I just think that's stupid. There's some things you're going to agree with people on. There's some things you're not. Jim Cornette is going to make some sense. Jim Cornette is going to say why that doesn't look like a real fight or why this would make more sense to do it this way. And he's 100% correct. And then there's times where he throws a fit because uh, they didn't actually tag a hand and they tagged a back or they tagged a leg instead. And I could give a shit. And I don't care how somebody runs the ropes. You know what I mean? But he's old school. But let me tell you something. And, and this is one thing that I find interesting, too. I think Jim Ross feels a lot like Jim Cornette. And I think that he's stuck in a very tough position to try to put over a lot of the AEW stuff. Because I really think he doesn't like a lot of it. And I think that's what is so good about signing Tony Schiavone. I really think Tony Schiavone is going to bring so much more energy and make you feel so much more positive about the product. And he's actually been in tune with, with what's been going on, like working from MLW and like, right. so they have a lot of indie talent. Like Jim, Jim Ross, unfortunately is at a point with me where it's, you know, I don't, I don't need to see him out there. I just don't like, there are better people to be doing that job at this point. And I feel like Jim Ross, like if you've got a Cody and Dustin match, even the Cody, Sean Spears, and it's going to be slowed down and he can tell a story. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. But if sure. you're just going to just bring in the Lucha bros versus the young bucks in a ladder match, he has no business calling that match. That's a really good point. Maybe they will use him in that kind of capacity where it's going to be like, you know, one or two matches here and there for like kind of like a big match feel, but something that he's, you know, comfortable and knows what he's kind of talking. I think he could do Adam Page and Jericho. I think he could do that. You know, it was kind of like towards the end of his WWE run when he was doing like Undertaker matches. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's that's more up his alley is, is if he can tell a story. Because he keeps bitching about how you have to slow things down so we can tell a story and all this bullshit. And it's like, dude, that's on you. That's not 
that is not uh, a necessity. That's just for you to help your job because that's the way you're used to doing things. Wrestling has changed now. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. As far as the uh, as far as the casino battle royal goes, it's the same scenario as as you know what Hangman did in the male version. You know, like this gets you into the AEW Women's Championship match. At, I'm, I might have missed something here. Like, do we know who the other woman is yet? Like, who the winner fights? Uh, I think it's the winner of this the the match between Show and um, whatever. Uh, Were Riho and uh, Shira? yeah, Riho and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's I think they're the the number ones contender if they win that match. I think. Don't yeah. quote me on it. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, you got a prediction for the winner of the Battle Royal? Kylie Ray. That's a good choice. Um, I'll just read out loud real quick the people who already announced. We have Nyla Rose, uh, Britt Baker. Oh, the last thing about Nyla Rose that I want to bring up is... Oh, <laughs> no, it was really funny. So, Because I've, I've been listening to Jim Cornette a lot around the time. Like, every time AEW does something, I make sure to listen to his show. Just because I, I know at the absolute least, I'll, I'll get a lot of laughs out of it. And I might agree with a few things. You know, it's... How it's much of it do you disagree with? I disagree with... I disagree on more of, like, the psychology aspect, I guess, than, like, his... Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I... I mean, here's I the thing. Like, I love Kenny Omega. Right. He says that Kenny Omega shows up in neon shoes looking like he works at a gas station. I can't help but laugh. It's funny. It's funny. And then he's like, he calls him Kenny Olivier. And uh, (laughs) and then he's like, it's a performance and it's an art. Like, it's just funny. Relax. God, comedy can be funny. And if people get hurt over everything, it's shut up. That's why I was so grateful for the Chappelle show, like the Chappelle uh, Netflix stand-up, because he just took shots at everybody, and he didn't give a crap. And everybody laughed because he can get away with it. And it, he, come on, just relax, people. Yeah, it's hilarious. Listening to Jim Cornette uh, try to explain people that he has never seen before, because he's coming into it with like the eyes of like the casual wrestling viewer when it comes to like not knowing who a lot of the people are. So he's getting first impressions of these people. He hasn't seen a lot of them. And he's out there talking about Orange Cassidy calling him Pockets, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, he was uh, he was talking about Marco Sonny. He's like, can someone explain to me why a small child is in this match? You know, it's like. Well, then, I don't know what AEW was thinking today having him weigh in. He weighed in 102 pounds. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. How can you take that seriously? I'm not a Marco Stunt fan. Um, yeah. But. Uh, one one that got me going really good was uh, when they told because he was talking about Darby Allen, he was kind of putting him over, and then they told him that he was married to the tampon girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> His yeah. Reaction was just like, oh shit, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he just went nuts, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard him talk about how he, he's like, he's like, yeah, Darby Allen. Like first few times I saw this kid, like really impressed, really like his look, his gimmick. Then I found out it wasn't a gimmick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah. Good the thing old I was going to bring up about Nyla Rose with him was I heard, like, probably two or three, like, back-to-back podcasts where he was shitting all over Sonny Kiss, you know, because of, you know, yep. the way that he looks. 
And, right. um, but he's putting over Nyla Rose as this good looking woman, like the whole time. Because oh he didn't, because he didn't know, and and then like I listened to an episode later, and he's like, it's like, uh, and then he kind of covers for himself, but he was basically talking about how attractive he thought Nyla Rose was until he realized that there had been a, a sex change, which was well, just then he gets so upset funny. because AEW hasn't promoted him as a transgender or whatever, and so he's like, they're just dropping the ball, and then he went on and on about it. But that, that don't you think that is kind of weird though? Like, they acknowledge that she was different or whatever, but, like, they just won't flat out come out and say it. Like, even when I they didn't did... Realize that. The so they, they haven't story. They haven't flat out said it. I, I, I missed that. I, I assumed that they had made that clear, but I, I guess I just missed and that. And even when they did the backstory, they were just like, you know, I didn't know how I felt, and so I started wearing dresses and makeup, and... But, like, they've never actually said, you know, I was a boy, this was my name, now I'm this, and like, none of that. So, um, it's just kind of supposed to be, like, a known thing, but no one will actually say it. Mm, that's interesting. Well, so the match itself, we have Rose, Britt Baker, Allie, Brandy Rhodes, who I love Cody to death. Brandy seems super, super nice, but she's not my jam in the ring at all. No. Uh, Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Jazz. That's pretty cool. Jazz in there. Yeah, I thought Jazz was cool. Um, Big Swole. Don't know who that is. That's Tony. confusing. Um, we have Sadie Gibbs. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Uh, the debut. She looks impressive, right? Yeah, she had the video package and everything. That's right. Um, awesome Kong. That'll be hit or miss, probably. I don't know what to think about her at this point. Shaza McKenzie and then 10 other opponents. I guess... I mean, I'd like to see Jazz win. Like, I think that'd be kind of cool. Like, because I, I saw her wrestle for the NWA not too long ago, and she was actually still doing really well. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's I guess the I type that can benefit because she's going to get kind of like a nostalgia pop. But if she's actually good, then people will kind of get excited about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I guess I guess I'll make a an official prediction for Sadie Gibbs because it looks like they're you know going to push her and she. She looks impressive from what I've seen, so I'll go with her. Um, all right, so after that, since we talked about it a little bit already, Riho versus Sheeta. Um, what are your thoughts on this match, man? Like Riho, Riho's definitely been pushed pretty well so far um, yeah. up to this point. Uh, what are you thinking about this one? Uh, just, just in general, I, I like you know these girls get a lot of criticism and stuff, but I really enjoyed their match at um, Double or Nothing. And what I loved about it was is it wasn't Vince McMahon trying to make them fit into like the status quo of being Asian and all this stuff. Like they just were what they normally are. Their music was like that, their act was like that, their moves were like that. Like if you it felt like you just visited Japan and watched that match. And so I thought that was really cool and I hope that they can bring that same type of aspect uh to the show. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, who you got for the uh, the prediction? Um, I oof. I'm thinking. You know what's weird is you would kind of think that uh, they would go with like Rio, but Sheeta to me seems like she has more of the star appeal to it. So I'm I'm gonna go with Sheeta. I like the match a lot, um, and I like the fact that it's hard to choose the winner, as it is for a lot of these matches, which is great. Like that, you're going not really knowing. Um, 
I'm going to go with Riho, but it really, it's a coin flip. I think they can go either way and I'm okay with both winners, which of course, what's, you know, once again, that's, I'm all about that. When I, when I don't know who's going to win the match and I'm cool with either person winning, that's a great scenario. Yeah, for sure. Um, Predictability has always been a good thing in professional wrestling. Absolutely. Um, after that, we had a six-man tag match. We got Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt uh, taking on SoCal Uncensored, the team of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorp- Scorpio Sky. I always have a hard time saying that for some reason. Um, you had mentioned not a big fan of Marco Stunt. Um, I So I initially wasn't. Um, he's another one of those guys. Uh, I've watched him. He comes to this area and... and uh, the company that I am most loyal to called Southern Underground Pro, they were one of the first promotions to like take like a chance on him. And then he wound up blowing up, of course, through the Janela, um, lost in New York stuff that he did and all that. Right. But um, so we had known about him for a little while before that. And and also through the SCI, which is a Chattanooga tournament, he was being he was working there as well around the same time. So I, for a while, I wasn't sold on him. I, I really wasn't. Um, probably for a lot of the reasons that you aren't, you know, like the size of course being the big thing, but I will admit that after, after a while, after seeing him like really work some like legitimate matches, not just like attraction stuff or like stuff where like he went in there and just did a few, like had like legitimate matches against people. I, I gained a lot of respect for him. And I think that you probably will too. Like if you get to see him really actually work like for real, not as just like a, like a sideshow attraction kind of thing. Right. You might be surprised. Um, I have an open mind. I think that the biggest thing that just bothers me is uh, this is going to kind of sound Jim Cornettish, but just it just doesn't look believable. Like he's so small, and it's like if he's just going to start like bumping guys that are like three times his size and stuff, like. I just and another thing I don't like is I don't like his placement with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy because I feel like Jungle Boy is already the underdog. He's already the 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 guy that is the total contrast of Luchasaurus. I don't think you need another one. I think it's just kind of like, well, you know, I don't know really where to put him, so let's put him with Jungle Boy and and Luchasaurus. You know what I mean? So, but I do think they're going to be hell over. I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are really over, and that was nothing but done organically. Like, I think Jungle Boy automatically attracted people. One, I think him being Luke Perry's son definitely helps him. Two, I think that he just, he's that young kid. He could kind of be like the heartthrob for the girls and stuff like that. He's only 21. So, um, and then with Luchasaurus, like everyone thinks it's just a stupid gimmick and all that. And then all of a sudden he was busting out, you know, uh, spinning back kicks and doing flips and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, wow, this big dude can go. And they don't have very many big men in the company. So um, it makes sense that way. But those guys are hella over, both of them. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're right about, like, the kind of placement with Marco Stunt also. You mentioning, like, they, they kind of – I feel the same way. I think they kind of grouped him in with them because they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. Uh, it was more a matter of like this guy has a lot of buzz. Like WWE would, is not going to sign him. Like it, that, no, I don't think that was a concern. But um, well, you know, see, that's the thing is, does this backfire? 
does it backfire having guys on your show that the WWE would not touch? Will WWE look more respectable and more of a legit company by not having the Nyla Roses, by not having the Sunny Kisses, by not having the Marco stunts, the Joey Janellas, things like that? Or will AEW benefit because they just look completely different? That that will time will tell. That's a great point. Um, something worth mentioning. Uh, you, I'd assume you probably don't know this because he isn't nearly as well known, but uh, Marco has a brother named Logan who's literally yep. the same size. Yeah. Um, and but the difference with Logan is he's like a legitimate like BJJ black belt and like knows like legitimate like karate and shit like he he throws like really nice kicks he has like really nice submission hold so it's one of these things where i'd imagine that marco and logan will be a tag team at some point and that makes more sense yeah i think i think that that could be really good um because they could use each other as like weapons almost you know and then they're totally the underdog team you know yes. what i mean so yeah that would make more sense yeah, so keep your eye out for that, potentially. Um, as far as the match itself, I mean, I like the matchup. Uh, I mean, Daniels, Kazarian, been around for forever, and they're always solid in the ring, and Scorpio is really impressive in the ring as well. I, I don't, I'm not huge on, like, the how cheesy they are. Like, the SCU thing isn't, like, that. Well, the whole way this match was even built on being the, the elite, I thought was just over-the-top corny, but it is what it is. Oh yeah, the thing on this. Yeah, I actually just watched that like today. Yeah, that was. That was like really I'm watching the Jungle Book. You're a Chuck E. Cheese, and you got attacked by a toy dinosaur. I know what match we can have. Like, okay. Yeah, very silly. Um, well, well then, like, silly though. and Morrison was walking Marco stunt like a dog, and then he shit in the yard. Like, I just you know some of that stuff. Like, yes, it's funny, but at the same point, like. Man, don't bring that to TNT. Don't don't do all that. Like I funny some funny stuff, but at the same point, like you need to be somewhat respectable as a company too, and not just look like a Joey Janela spring break out there. <laughs> yeah, start start having people wrestling, invisible people. Yeah. Um, it's really stay. funny though that like we're over here talking about Luchasaurus, like and not laughing like it's such a ridiculous name that like luchasaurus is so, is so I think right off that you think he's corny and terrible but then if you give him a chance in the ring then all of a sudden it just changes your perspective you know what sure. i mean yeah yeah for sure and um, so that's why i guess like when you talk about a casual viewer are they going to turn the tv on and be like what the hell is this and are they even going to give it a chance or are they just going to turn it next you know what i mean right. like i don't know i don't know we'll see um, you have a, uh, a prediction for the winner of that one? I think Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt will win that match. Yeah, I'm going to take them as well. Um, moving on, what do we got next? We have Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. That match is going to rule. Um, yeah, that'll be really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just really cool seeing Jack Evans like actually on like mainstream television. Like, at, yep. You know, it's been you've been around as as long or if not longer than me in this fucking world of being a hardcore wrestling fan. Like, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, he's one of the first indie names that I ever ever knew about. Jack Evans. Yep. And uh, he's he's still great too. Yeah, I, I'd like to see Teddy Hart get a chance, man. Oh, like, I would. 
you know, it just it just makes me when I see Jack Evans, I'll always associate the two of them together. Um, and then, I mean, in Helico, don't know as much about him, but I've liked his work so far. And, and Private Party is fantastic, especially uh, is it is it is Mark Quinn the dude with the the yellow hair? Yeah, and he also tries to wrestle the whole match with his sunglasses on, but he usually always ends up doing something that makes him fall off, like in this <laughs> crazy spot. But yeah, he's he's kind of like a, the the dude from Street Profits, like the really athletic one. What's his name? Montez Ford, yeah. Yeah, so he's the Montez Ford of the group. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, he could eventually break up with the, the tag team and, and do his own thing and probably be a big star. So definitely somebody to look out for in the future. But um, I think private party's going to win. I, I feel like Jack Evans and Helico one. I think they need a name because you can't, you can chant private party. You can't ch- chant Evans and Helico Evans and hell. You know what I mean? They need a name. They need something where uh, you can, you can get the crowd behind you because then you can get some buzz. Um, but I, they kind of feel like just a veteran team that comes in and puts guys over. That has been the feeling so far. I don't think they've, have they won a match in AEW yet? I don't think so. They haven't had very many either. I mean, in their defense, but no. And, uh, so yeah, I just, it just kind of feels like they're here to put private party over. And I just realized that that's on the pre-show. It looks like that's kind of surprising. Um, his private party, I felt like they were like really getting behind. Um, well, they got the pre-show for the SCU match at um, the 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 video game one that they did, right? Um, and they tore it up. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they wrestled. They wrestled the Bucks at um, Hog or whatever House of Glory, and then they're supposed to have their match on TNT. So to me, it just seems like something that they're definitely there to put over the Bucks. Or, I mean, to put over a private party. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm taking private party. Um, also worth mentioning that Casino Battle Royal is also on the pre-show. Didn't mention that before. Um, we also have, let's see, a lot of great matches here. Let's go with uh, Darby Allen versus Joe Janela versus Jimmy Havoc next. I'm surprised I, this hasn't been announced as a street fight, because I feel like this match is just going to be flat-out bonkers. Well, I'm seeing it build now as a cracker barrel clash. So I'd imagine that's a okay. street fight. Okay. Yeah. Bounce cracker. Ready. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, this match should be pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not a big Jimmy Havoc fan, but I really, I love Darby Allen. He's one of my favorites. And so I just question what, why aren't you a Jimmy Havoc fan? I'm not, I just, I just, for, well, for one, to be honest, I don't know a lot of his work. Like, I haven't seen a whole lot of his stuff. Um, Did you ever watch his uh, progress stuff with Osprey? No, I haven't. That's the best stuff you're going to watch. That is, that is Raven Tommy Dreamer in England. Like, it is amazing. Okay. Okay. So, I recommend watching that. His entrances and stuff like that are insane. Um, He really, uh... I think he's way past his prime at, at this point. I think he's he's pretty old. He's like forty, and he's taken some unbelievable bumps. And and, and, and you know, when you're just all you are is hardcore, you know, kind of like he's kind of like a, a much smaller version of Abyss type, you know. And it it gets old. 
It's just like, what else can you do? Um, but yeah, definitely recommend Progress. There's a documentary that they did that's on Progress's um, streaming service or whatever, and it's uh, Osprey and him, and they go over their feud, and it, it's pretty amazing. I'm going to definitely check that out. Maybe it'll change my opinion on him. Yeah. Um, because the majority of what I know... Like him either. Um, Bill, Bill doesn't like him either, and you know he, he's only seen him from what he's seen in AEW, and he's not a fan. So, uh, but he hasn't watched anything of his stuff in progress and stuff like that. So that's why I was wondering. Gotcha. Um, well, no, I appreciate that. You know, cause most of what I've seen of his has been either AEW stuff or stuff that was like, you know, me seeing clips about him, like having to, you know, like stop matches early cause he's bleeding so bad and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's like, to me, like, I'm totally, I mentioned earlier, earlier, you know, like free speech. I think that people, um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, talking about Jim Cornette earlier and, and like, let him say whatever he wants because the market will decide. I firmly yep. believe that. And, yep. and it's the same kind of thing with, uh, with deathmatch wrestling for me, where it's like, I have no problem with people doing it, but there's certain stuff that I see them do that I just don't, I do not understand why you do it to yourself. Um, yep. and um, so a lot of it just isn't for me. And and a lot of it's like the risk versus the reward, right? Like you did that in front of 300 people and you, you're doing it to get booked in other shows and you're probably never going to be able to walk normal again. Like, was it worth it? But like Mick Foley getting thrown off the cage, it, it's one of the most memorable moments in wrestling history. So it it makes sense. The risk is worth it if it, if the if the situation makes sense, and I, I just feel like a lot of these guys they just do stuff just to do it, just to get noticed, and it's it's so overboard. Yeah, a perfect example that superhuman dude on on the internet. It's just stupid. Like it's he's like blown up and has like merchandise and shit, and it's like he's he's out. He's literally just hurting himself in his backyard, and people, I mean, people are like cheering him on, but in reality, it's like. They're not, I feel like no. I feel like most people aren't laughing with him. You know what I mean? It's like laughing at this dude who's like just being a moron. Like I, but it's a lot kind of like the class clown in in school, right? Like the class clown, everybody laughs with him. They all have a good time, but then the kids that were laughing, they get to advance and keep going to the next grade, and that class clown <laughs> ends up staying behind and then watches everybody go forward while he stays backwards until he just quits right yeah. it's a lot like that and i just feel like he uh, he's so desperate for attention but what i hate is like there's companies like gcw and stuff that will book him because there's an audience for it and i don't blame them necessarily because if that kid showed up to like a battle royal at a joey janela spring break he's gonna get a massive pop um it's just it's just weird how social media works, man. Like you look at the freaking Popeye's chicken sandwich, dude. That once that thing went viral, <laughs> it just went nuts. It went absolutely crazy. Yeah, man. Now, yeah, I think I think Superhuman's gonna win the clusterfuck this year. I'm pretty oh, sure. Now. I'm pretty sure that's what's gonna happen. And speaking of all that, Joey Janela, of course, in this match. Haven't talked about him. I actually am a, a pretty big fan of Joey Janela, despite you know my. My opinions on on deathmatch wrestling. I've also seen him do a lot of stuff, mainly in person. That's mainly where 
my my feelings for him come from is like I've seen him live and not do a lot of the hardcore stuff and still get really over with with crowds and stuff. Yeah, so like, you know, I, I I'll never I think understand. He could be a lot better than what he is, and I'm hoping with AEW being mainstream and having to kind of tone it down just a little bit, it will make him better all the way around. There's not going to be as much cringe stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but man, when you need a balcony dive or whatever, like he's your guy, he's not. <laughs> so and I, I think, I think pay-per-views are important. You need moments like that. You need crazy stuff to happen. It, 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 it leaves a memorable impression. How many times did you watch a Hardy's match on a pay-per-view? And if they announced it was going to be a tables match or a ladders match or whatever, you knew you had to watch it. You know what I mean? And I, you need guys like Joey Janelle and Darby Allen and stuff like that to be those type of guys. Definitely, definitely. And I think I think the match itself will be really good. I really, yeah. really do. Um, I guess I'll go first. With my prediction this time. I'm gonna take Darby. Um, yep. you got Doug. I got Darby. Yeah, I I think it 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 said a lot when he went to that draw with Cody of how how they view him in that company. And then also just the reaction that he got the next time that he was shown. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's definitely getting over. Um, so, yeah, I got Darby. Good deal. Uh, up next, man, it's this is, like, stacked. I can't believe I'm at, um, I'll go with this one. Uh, we got Cody versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears is going to have totally Blanchard in his corner. That's very interesting. So, uh, so here's my prediction. Cody's going to pick MJF. To walk him out, and MJF is going to turn on Cody. Holy shit, that's a great prediction. And there's been a lot of clues. He even said that he would never turn on somebody like his best friend Cody Rhodes. Let me see that. How many times has MJF hit Sean Spears for what he did? Oh, not it's very, very observational. He yeah. didn't do any of it, and then and then not only that. So he was waiting for him in the back, and he just got, like, separated, but never any contact. He was in a tag team match with him, didn't touch him. So I just, I I feel like that they're definitely going to do it. I think he's going to pick MJF, and I think MJF's going to turn on Cody. Man. Oh, man, that's. I could totally see that happening. I honestly didn't even... They've done such a good job of, like... Because you know it's going to happen eventually. Like, at some point, MJF's going to turn on him. Like, that's yep. inevitable. And but, I thought it was going to be years down the road, but I don't think so. I think I think they're going to kick it off with that. Oof. And if that happens, I'm assuming you have Sean Spears getting the win then. Yeah, I do. And the thing is, is I don't think Cody would have a problem putting over Sean Spears. And I think the one thing that bothers me, though, is we haven't heard one word from Cody since the attack. Like, some people like that, but I didn't like the fact that his wife spoke for him, but not him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I would have loved a a, a promo to take the feud home, you know what I mean, to really get you hyped. But it is what it is. I'm excited for it, though. I mean, I remember after... Uh, the double or nothing battle royal and Sean Spears was in the ring, and I was just like, "No, no, he he's not very good. I don't I don't really see the point in signing him long term." And then since the turn, like 
I just completely changed my perspective on it. I thought he's done really well, and I'm looking forward to this match. Do you think if MJF turns on Cody that they'll like that he'll actually like team with Sean Spears? Not like a tag team, but like maybe they have like Tully Blanchard as like a manager type thing and they have like a little bit of a stable or something, or just like just getting at Cody and having a singles match? Stable could be possible. I didn't really think about that. I mean, but it also could just make MJF just more of a heel, more of a despicable, and he could do it all on his own, you know. But yeah. if you're Sean Spears, you see the you see a chance to get the win. You're going to take the cheap route because you're a heel. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Man, interesting. Um, I'm going to take Cody because I don't like. I don't know if the heel turn or the I mean, MJF's already a heel, but if I don't know if MJF's going to turn on Cody just yet. Um, right. If he doesn't, I feel like Cody is still in kind of a position where he needs a big win. Um, yep. So I'm going to go with Cody, but man, your scenario is super interesting because I could totally see that playing out. Hmm. Yep. All right. Up next, we have the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Of course, Lucha Brothers being a team of Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix and Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. This is a ladder match for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. Um, I mean, this match has been done to death already on AEW, but... We haven't seen it in a ladder match, and you know these guys are going to go out to try to top everything they've already done. Yep. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this one, man? Do you think do you think that this has happened uh, too much too soon with these two teams, or do you think that it's all built to this and it's going to be you know a big, huge, you know, awesome blow off? I mean, for me, like I think people are so used to feuds dying quickly, and I think lately, you know, we've had the Johnny Gorgano Adam Cole, which has lasted a long time, and then this 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 feud with the Bucks and Lucha Bros. Like this is what wrestling used to be about. Like used to have long feuds, so I have no problem with it. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is, I mean, I know Phoenix hurt his leg, and Meltzer said like a week ago or so that he just was like just throwing punches and stuff. He couldn't do much jumping or anything like that. So my biggest concern is just Phoenix's health, but you know, if they're all healthy and good to go, then the match should be killer. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I completely forgot that, uh, that Phoenix was hurt. That that's interesting. And well, I will mention too, the one thing like they got to stop doing that fucking Sarah Miedo thing like 30 times during the match. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop doing like, I mean, it's over and the crowd gets into it, but it gets to a certain extent where you're like, okay, that, that's enough. And yeah. they keep doing it. And then he takes his glove off and, you know, oh my gosh. That's yeah. I know really, what you mean. Yeah. That's the one that really gets me is the, like, I'm cool with, you know, a few times. Like, that's totally fine. But when, like there's all this in-ring action going on and it's like people bouncing all over the place and clotheslines and spinning heel kicks and, you know, jumping off the ropes and all. And then it just stops for him to take his glove off. Like it all just stops and he just walks right up in your face and does the, the thing with his hand. And he puts it in your face. Like he doesn't just like put it in front of your face. He like literally puts it on your face. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like, he a lot of the time like toss his glove to like the ref or something. Yep. Which he, like, like if ugh, it, this is where like my Jim Cornette will come out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has a Jim Cornette in them. If you hate Jim Cornette, I promise you, there's some type of there's a little bit of Jim Cornette in you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, man, because doing all that and looking away and like that's 
that's when you punch someone square in the face. Like I, I get wrestling, I get wrestling stage. I understand, but it's like that's just it's just too much for me. But it's like you know wrestling stage, but you never want to watch it and just clearly see that it's like fake. Like you want to. <laughs> want to get lost in it like imagine if they all have mics and they were like okay now throw me to the ropes and then i'll duck under and you know what i mean like yeah it would it would be completely different you wouldn't even enjoy it it would just be like what but it's like the more that's hidden from you the more enjoyable it is did i ever tell you like this would have been like maybe one of the first times we talked i can't remember the when it was but remember that uh it was a braun Strowman versus brock lesnar match it was a singles match um for the title and I can't remember if it was the one where he got hit, like, the, where, like, Brock, like, legit, like, stiffed him after, like, gave him the receipt or whatever. I just remember the two of them wrestling a really bad singles match on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing, I had just got these new headphones for my Xbox, and, like, they were, like, super good. Like, I, I had them on the network, and I could hear stuff so much better than I ever had before. <laughs> and yeah. Braun Strowman was fucking clueless the entire match because I could hear him talking the whole time. Wow. And, yeah, it was in this, you know, granted, this is, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm sure he's, you know, improved since then. But it's one of those things where, like, I I was watching it. And it was like you were just saying. I'm literally watching the match going, like, I this is this is so unenjoyable. Like, I can hear what they're going to do. And I know that Brock's carrying this guy the entire time. Like, it was it was strange. Um, as far as the match goes, you have a prediction. Um, I think the Bucks. Yeah, the only thing throwing me off is the AAA titles, Agreed. but Agreed. but I don't know because how how's that working? Because Tessa Blanchard is is their women's champion now in AAA, right? But she works yeah. for Impact, so like. She is about to face Taya, too, for it, which is weird. Because then yeah. they're both on impact and they're fit play, facing each other for a, a different company's belt. Yeah, that's... I guess I guess the reason I'm thinking about all that is because, you know, and obviously Cody wrestled for them, teaming with Cain Velasquez and Psycho Clown. So it's like you... They have some... Triple A has some sort of weird, loose working relationship with some of these companies and I don't know how deep it goes. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with the young bucks also because I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't really have like much of a reason other than I, I think it makes sense. And personally, I like them better as a tag team. I, I like both teams, but, right. Uh, but Pentagon, I, I think is, break is a up big... Pentagon and Phoenix and they both could be big single stars for AEW. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, Pentagon, I think, could be world championship level for sure. And so could Phoenix. But yeah. um, Pentagon kind of has that experience with, like, being the Lucha Underground champion and stuff like that. He did, I thought it did really well um, when they had him. Pentagon, Pentagon definitely brings more uh, charisma and, and things like that. So Yeah. But, like, honestly, you know, nobody wants to give Impact any credit. But, man, like, what really got me noticing the Lucha Bros was Impact. True. Because I, I wasn't a big Lucha Underground guy. And uh, I've gone back and looked at some of the stuff, which some of it's crazy. And not only that, like how many stars they had under the roster and how much it actually really shaped Impact, AEW, all that. Like they, they were almost ahead of their time. Um, but 
like, I, once I started seeing some of the feuds with, like, the Lucha Bros and LAX and things like that, that's when I started to really notice them. And then when AEW signed them, it was just like, wow. Because when AEW signed them, they were kind of at their peak of popularity. So, um, you know, I think it would definitely be good to, uh, you know, get this feud over with and then move on and put them into something interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, and I hope that LAX is heading to AEW because that is a huge get. I, I agree. And you would think as a tag team they would want to. But I know WWE right now is just offering ridiculous money. So I I don't know. We'll see. But I, I would hope, honestly, to see them uh, on Saturday in some capacity. I don't know how, but I would like – that would be a cool surprise. That would be – and I know there's also that big rumor that they could be Jericho's partners for the TNT show. See, in my opinion, I personally think that one of those was going to be Pac. And they just had to jump the gun because of Moxley um, getting his match getting canceled. It's definitely, definitely a possibility. Um, well, moving on, we got uh, the best friends, the team of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, taking on the Dark Order of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, the winners, I this, and I think I've heard Jim Cornette talk about this as well, and I'm with him there too. The winners receive a first round buy in the AEW World tag team championship tournament, but they've won like multiple matches to get the first round by. So how is it a first round by? Yeah. Um, even just the tournament in general, like the wrestling for buys, it just, it's just kind of weird. Like, especially if you're like just a fighting champion, like why does it matter if you get a buy, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily love it. It just seems like to me a way to get, um, people on the uh the people on the roster multiple matches and they just came up with some type of like tournament so yeah um one thing i'll say though the best friends are over man hell yeah they are i love it yeah they're really over and um uh uh, the dark order or not (laughs) right (laughs) they're not at all and people are like, well, they can't take the Super Smash Brothers gimmick. I never said they needed that. I just think they need something better than the Dark Order. There's nothing fun, nothing cool, nothing exciting, nothing nothing interesting about that gimmick. A gimmick is terrible. Their promos are in black and white. They're not the most charismatic people. Then you bring in like your druids, like 30 people in mass. Like it's just it's bad. I don't like it at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's how most people feel about it, myself included. Like in the ring, I have no problems. They do some pretty cool stuff, but yeah. but it's the gimmick it is a problem. And I'll also mention, I think the best friends have the best theme song in the whole company. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like in the best uh, uh, Titantron video too, like by far. Yeah, there's um, aliens and dogs and <laughs> tie dye or whatever the fuck. Um. I I, uh, I like the Lucha Bros uh, theme song too. I think it's really dope. Yeah, I thought they I think they've done a good job with uh, with pretty much everyone for the for the most part. Yeah, um, Kenny Omega's is cool too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, man, it, this one sucks to do a prediction for because, like, I don't want to hate the Dark Order because I like I said they're they're good in the ring. Like when it, when the bell rings, like I'm I'm all about it. But they. 
the whole gimmick is so weird and they've they've been clearly pushed like much more than any of the other tag teams in in the company as far as all the promos they get and and you know all the screen time of them with like their henchmen or whatever it's like there's clearly plans for the team but part of me also thinks because you know you you fall being the elite as well like yep they like they they are aware that they're not over yeah um, i agree and if they you notice kind of like the librarian things died too so like they're listening like if stuff isn't getting over i don't think that um I don't think that uh, they're going to keep just shoving it down your throat. Yeah, I think to be a true alternative to the WWE, like, that's what you need to do. You need to, like, because the WWE would just shove them down your throat, whether you liked it or not. With AEW, they have a chance right here to listen to the fans. Um, Best friends are a great team. The Both guys are individually over. They're both. Trent Bretto, especially, I mean, he's he's a fantastic in-ring worker, and he looks like a fucking superstar. Like, that, that guy, is, the WWE dropped the ball majorly with, with just not doing anything with him when they had him. Right. And, and Chuck Taylor is a guy that you can have your opinions on him, you know, kind of a comedy wrestler, doesn't have the best, you know, quote-unquote, like, you know, body for wrestling and stuff like that, whatever. But this guy has been wrestling for so long on the indies that it's good to see this guy finally get a chance because he's literally watched everyone that he trained with or has trained himself get signed to big companies before him. So, you know, he's got a big chip on his shoulder, I'd imagine. And I love the gimmick. I hope the best friends win. I really do. This, this is the only match on the show where I have a strong preference over who I want to see win. I think, I think the best friends are going to win. I think they're over. I think, when um the dark order made their debut at double or nothing and all that like it just hasn't worked and i just i feel like that uh they are gonna lose i'm gonna go with you there we both got best friends i really hope that happens um up next we have kenny omega versus Pac. although one second that's to me seems like the perfect opportunity for lax to attack best friends Ooh, I like that. I Makes like sense. it. It does. And it's like they're over. They can come in um, after a win. They could set up best friends versus LAX and TNT. Like, I just, that that would be a perfect time to bring them in. I like it. I like it. Um, and so the next match being Kenny Omega versus Pac. Um, of course, you mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, John Moxley, of course, uh, was it staff infection, like MRSA, whatever yeah. technical yeah. term is, uh, needs to get surgery on his elbow, essentially. Um, and so he's out, and that's that's a big bummer. Um, but given the circumstances, you really can't have a better opponent than Pac. Like, I so, agree. So... I think the match is going to be incredible. Um, I know you're a huge Kenny Omega fan, and this is yep. another thing where I kind of agree with Jim Cornette to an extent, where I think the the way that Kenny Omega communicates bugs me a little bit. It, like, just the way the way that he's... It's... it's I, I don't think it's as bad as, like, the way Cornette goes with it. Like, I don't think that he's, like, unbearable or anything like that. I don't think he's ruining the wrestling business, nothing like that. But, like, there's something about the, like the way that he talks where I just feel like, I feel like he is acting 
for some reason. It's just yes, it just no, I, I understand, and yeah. I don't think it helps that he tells people that he got better when he decided he was no longer a fan, because then it's like, well, if you're not a fan, and you're just literally going based on what you think is the best way to portray your art, then that it just makes you a performer. And you're taking away a lot of the emotion out of it, which to me is why he comes across as like an actor. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. I, that's a great point. I actually never really thought of it like that. Um, but as an in-ring performer though, there's no question about it. He's one of the best in the world for sure. Um, and Pac, I haven't really kept up too much with what he's done, uh, where Where's he, Dragon Gate? Is that where he's been the champion this whole time? He did lose that, though. He lost the title. Um, right, but that, but that was, like, one of the, the rumored sticking points for, like, the Hangman right. age match falling through and all that. Um, so which, here's my knows, thing, though, just, just in general on the booking. So, like, everyone saw the Kenny Omega promo after Moxley pulled out, right? And I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um but what I hated is it just all it did was make you want to see him and Moxley more, and it didn't do anything about him and Pac. So like all all they're doing is just Pac just showing up that night. Like I feel like Kenny should be like Pac, how dare you think you can step in here and you know what I mean? Like at least do something, um, and even take a shot at him for for not wanting to be a part of it the first time, and and you better not. Uh, no show, you know, on Saturday or something, but they didn't do anything like that. So I, I think they missed a boat there. I, I think you're totally right. They they definitely should have done something like that because the way, at least the way that, I mean, I, I saw the news break on Twitter when the match was announced, but as far as yep. like on being the elite, it was just Cody and the Bucks sitting at a desk and being like, who's available? Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's what they came up with. Right. Um, so they kind of made the jab a little bit to your to your point, like where they're like, you know, this guy's burned us before kind of thing. Right. right. Um, but you're you're totally right. Kenny Omega should have definitely gone in on that a lot harder for sure. Especially um, how cocky he was and, and how much he went at Moxley. Like then it's like, oh, and now you Pac, you want to step in and do something? You know what I mean? Then he could have went there, like just something, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm somewhat nitpicking here, but um, I I love buildup. I do. I like there there for there to be reasons why matches are happening, and um, I know that the end game all along was supposed to be Pac versus Adam Page to get to Kenny Omega. That was what the goal was. So technically, all out from the get go was supposed to be Pac and Kenny Omega. So you're really getting the original match that they had intended. So, and I and I feel like they feel that when you say Pac versus Kenny Omega, the match is sold. Like, we've never seen it. It's going to be, it, it should be an excellent match. And um, th- that that should be enough. But with mainstream pro wrestling, I think you do need some build up And, I'm not going to be too harsh on them because they haven't even had TV yet. You know what I mean? Very true. So, like, all they're really doing right now is filming eight to ten minute uh, weekly build-up packages for, like, three of the storylines or two of the storylines. You know what I mean? So, there's not a lot that they can do, so I get it. Um, 
I just would like something. And who knows? They do have a countdown show on TNT tomorrow at nine o'clock. Um, so I'm gonna watch that, and maybe maybe they'll have something there. I uh, I honestly think this will be a better match than Omega versus Moxley, like in the ring. Yeah. Um. Although the the real big bummer for me, and speaking of build up that I thought has been really really well done, it sucks that uh, Moxley can't do that blood sport thing with Josh Barnett. Like, yeah. Because that was just through just the the promos I'd seen online for that were so well done. I was pretty hyped up for that. You know what kind of bothered me about that though is I would have wanted anybody but Josh Barnett to be in the main event with Moxley because I know what Josh Barnett looks like as a fighter, and you're trying to sell this as like a, a more of a fight and and less of a pro wrestling match, but me seeing your career as a fighter, it just looks like you're having a fake fight with John Moxley. And I would have rather just had Moxley face somebody else. I'm not too devastated about it. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was uh, just interesting. I mean, you have a good point, but like, cause I know it's funny cause we talked about this earlier with CM Punk, but I've heard Moxley talk about, you know, he's this massive MMA fan. Yep. So like, like maybe he knows some things that, we, you know, I don't think you would ever beat Josh Barnett in a real fight. I'm not, I'm not no. insane, but like, maybe they could have made it look pretty believable. Like maybe, maybe he actually can mimic, uh, you know, some of these MMA techniques in, in a pretty believable way. I just don't know. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, and I'm not saying I wouldn't want him in there to have that type of style of match. Like me personally, I like I would have rather had him been like him and Killer Cross or something like that. Like that I would have great, yeah out more for that like i just don't really want to see josh barnett pro wrestling in pro wrestling like that's just like i've seen him in japan i've seen some of his stuff you can clearly see the difference between when he really fights and when he's doing pro wrestling so um it's more interesting to me when you see pro wrestlers wrestle a different type of stiffer style it looks more believable than when you see a fighter trying to wrestle a much lesser style of fighting you know what i mean sure when speaking of killer cross just real quick like tna or impact wrestling has they've just totally dropped the ball there that guy's great he really is and like i don't think he gets enough credit his his mic skills are really good he has a great presence like he he looks like he would be that bad guy in the 1980s movies you know what i mean like yeah He's in the he's in the dark room and smoke and stuff, and he walks out and just you know like he just looks like that big bad guy at the end. Like, uh, yeah, I I I think once he's free from impact, he'll he'll have a good future wherever he goes. I definitely agree. Um, who you got for the prediction for Omega versus Pac? I've got Kenny. I, I just can't see Kenny losing again. Yeah, I'm kind of think I'm in the same boat with you. But I just don't know if Pac would agree to this by losing. So I don't know. We'll see. I, yeah, I got Kenny too, but I've got to imagine AEW. Like, I just can't see whether it's whether it's Cody, the Bucks, Omega, Tony Khan, all of them collectively. I can't imagine any performer being able to bend them over a barrel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if Pac's that difficult to work with to where he needs to to get wins, like he needs to play political to to even just come into the company, I don't think they would put up with that stuff. But there's there's just 
there's just too many young, hungry performers that can have that spot in a heartbeat. Agreed. No. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong either. I just, I just can't imagine. You know, like that would just be. Who yeah. knows? This could be one and done too. Like they just bring him in. It's been a, it was a total disaster, and then it's like, okay, never mind. Next. <laughs> that, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely possible as well. Um, I think on paper this is the most uh, the most impressive match on the card: Omega versus Pac. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really looking and forward to that. If you had a, a a wrestler, a wrestling match of the year type of candidate, this is it for sure. Um, well, that's it. That brings us to our main event. We only got one match left: the AEW World Championship. Another match that I I have really, really high expectations for uh, for a lot of reasons. And uh, of course, it is Adam Page, also known as Hangman, taking on Chris Jericho. Uh, I, I'm. I will say I'm scared that the fans might turn on Hangman at some point if it hasn't already started. Hundred percent. So yeah. here's here's the thing though. Um, this is match is very interesting to me because you can go two different ways, right? You can pick the established veteran that everyone knows that you know, you would feel comfortable putting out there on TNT to get people's attention. But to me, that is TN- that was TNA's blueprint all day long. And it was criticized heavily that you would bring in an old veteran to take out the young up-and-coming guy and put them as their champion. And, I mean, let's make no bones about it. Jericho's like 48 years old. Yeah. And it's, it, to me... Adam Page is 27 years old, and Adam Page has been one of those guys in the indie scene that, like, everyone knew he is eventually going to be a main eventer. And everyone's just like, well, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. At what point, what can he do to get there to where it seems natural and people don't hate him? Because I feel like the people are going to view this as, well, you're just picking him because he's your buddy and that's AEW's boy and all this stuff. Like, he's the new Roman Reigns. And I just, I don't know now if the new audience can handle long-term champions. I just don't. Because, you know, you know what happened? You remember Ring of Honor? When, like, the guy, everybody loved them, but then when he became champion, they would turn on him? Yeah, I feel like that that has come to the mainstream now. Huh? Yeah, that's like, like look at Seth Rollins. Oh yeah, that's a great example of what you're talking about. Look for at sure. Roman Reigns. Like basically anybody that becomes champion, we're over it. Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who it is now, even if they're good. Oh yeah, I'm tired of that. That's boring. Something new. So, I, I don't know. Me personally, I think AEW should break the mold. Hangman Page has been a part of being the elite. He was a part of building this company. And yeah, I understand you want to bring Jericho to TNT. You can absolutely do that. And uh, to me, nothing would be more entertaining than a pissed off Jericho on a live mic on TNT. Um. But I, I want Adam. I want Adam Page to win the match. 
Yeah, this is a this is a tough. It's really tough. Um, man, I I, I there's just so many different ways I can go with this. Like, I I just I have I really have a feeling that Adam Page just isn't going to work out how they were hoping. I really like, I just for whatever reason I I don't yeah. you know it's just one of those things where I I think when. When the company started and when they started announcing that they were going to have this kind of like almost like this little mini tournament type system between, you know, the the Battle Royal and then uh, Jericho and Omega and stuff. I think myself, along with everyone else, was like, oh, well, hey, man, like that's got to be like it, it just made sense for for him with where he was at, with being the elite with uh, the the press conference where he was, you know, across from Pac and they're talking about wanting to be the world champion. And it's like this, it's all being built for Hangman Page to be the first champion, which, yep. you know, but it was almost like, I don't know. For me, when he came out and he won that battle royal, I was like, uh-oh, because it was like, he was like number 30 or number like 20. 22 or whatever it was it was like they went like one over so that he could get into the match and it was like i don't i don't know about this like he just won. well i know what's tough about that too is the circumstances yes what was supposed to happen if Pac wrestled adam page who was supposed to win that battle royal right. you know what i mean like it was like the, the whole storyline has been built off of off of being uh, improvised you know what i mean Right. And then, and then, you know, it's just, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it with Hangman because there's nothing he does that makes him bad. Like there's nothing like his in-ring work is, is good. Yep. His, his promos are, are you know good enough for what they need. He can be funny. He can be serious. Um, He's believable. He's, he's a pretty big dude. Like he doesn't look like a, like a, smaller guy who you know the stuff he does looks believable i guess that's where I'm, I'm trying to say so it's like i don't maybe it's like the disconnect of like i don't know why this guy is a cowboy i don't i don't know if it's maybe because i'm i got so used to him doing like the penis pretender stuff on being the elite like there's just something about him where i'm like i just don't think it's gonna work I, yeah not, where you don't you just don't view him as a main eventer yet and to me, this is why I always thought Omega should be champ. Omega should have been the champion. And then it would have been him and Moxley. And you could have still done Adam Page and Jericho, where Jericho's like, this young punk keeps stepping into my business. I'm tired of this. Like, Jericho could have been uh, where the, they could come up with some type of storyline where Adam Page and Jericho are beefing for some reason. Like, I'm not going to give you a thank you or whatever the case may be. And then you can do that, but let Omega be the champ. He's known as the best wrestler in the world. He was one of the biggest accu, accu- um, the biggest signees of, of the company. Like l- he should be the champion. Yeah, they've they've kind of done him wrong in some ways as well. As far as like, but see, this is the problem to me with Kenny Omega, in my opinion, is because Kenny now is. Let's say he can do whatever he wants. I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I think that Kenny in New Japan was the best situation because 
it kept him grounded. It made him the best bout machine, and he wasn't just some goofball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to see the Kenny Omega that, from the buildup of Fighter Fest. Didn't find it entertaining. Didn't find it funny. Thought it was stupid. And I need Kenny Omega to go in there and have matches of the year for AEW to make AEW look like a legit company. I don't need him to go in there and just have good matches. He needs to have great matches. So, to me, you know, and and let's be honest, the reason Nyla Rose is there is because of Kenny Omega. The reason the Yoshi girls are there is because of Kenny Omega. Um, what he likes, he has brought to AEW. And I'm not and I'm not saying all that's good. So, um it it's it's questionable because Let's be honest, New Japan has had a hell of a year and they had it without him. Yeah, for sure. You know, New Japan is no ring of honor by any means. They have been just fine without the elite. Oh, yeah. You know, especially if they get Shibata back. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. That's a guy that I'd be like, if I'm AEW, because I don't, has it been, like, can he wrestle? I know he, I know he's like involved with the, uh, the, um, Still hitting at it, but dude, he had a brain bleed. Like, regardless if they say he can, like he shouldn't. You know what I mean? But it was amazing. I mean, he kicked Kenta right in the face. (laughs) Well, my thing is, like, if if he can go, like, if he's going to wrestle, that's a guy that, like, that's a game changer in my opinion. Like, if he can stay healthy, that's. I you add him to the roster, thing. yeah, that's ridiculous. The roster's already stacked, but yeah. Kenta and Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom? Yes, yes please. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, well, I guess as far as the main event goes, I feel like I have to take Jericho. Like, everything about my line of thinking as a professional wrestling fan says Hangman Page to me. Everything. Yeah. yeah. But... There's just something about the idea, like I was kind of saying earlier, like if they give him that belt, you you brought up great points as well. If they give him that belt, do the fans immediately reject it because it was like too obvious or something? You know what I mean? Like there's it just well, and, and then not only that. Okay, let's just say hypothetically, hypothetically, if CM Punk returns, right? Mm. Do we really want to see CM Punk and Jericho again? It's a great point. Oh, but I'd rather see CM Punk and Hangman Page, CM Punk, Kenny Omega, like CM Punk and guys I've never seen him wrestle before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I just, I don't know. I think Jericho should be there more for to put the guys over, uh, to build guys. I mean, you still have to win matches to maintain your credibility, but I just don't think he should be the champion. But, I mean, you want to add him as the first AEW champion to add to his legacy and all that, like, I get it too. So, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as he's talked about, you know, it isn't it isn't like a new wrestling war and stuff, I feel like that's almost like a way of him kind of hinting, like, I'm going to win this title and I'm going to jump on a microphone on live TV on TNT and start shitting all over my former company as the champion of this new company. Right. You know, I think he's going to burn the fuck out of that bridge. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, I think think it's already been set on fire. I think a lot (laughs) of stuff has happened kind of behind closed doors that he doesn't really want to mention, but I think there's definitely heat 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. So I guess, I guess my official prediction is Chris Jericho, but that's. And, but I'll also I'll say it one more time: the fact that I'm that torn on it is great. Like that's great. I don't. I have I have no idea who's winning that match, and I'll, I'll just take I'll take Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, overall should be a great show. Um, interesting too that Morrison was on being the elite. Makes me kind of wonder if he could possibly show up um, for uh, All Out. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I think that they definitely need surprises. They need to make this thing feel really special. It's a pay per view. This is the last show you're gonna have going into TNT. So they need a lot of momentum. I think. Uh, and this isn't because I dislike uh, John Morrison, but uh, he's like the only guy ever that became a free agent, and I was like. I think actually you might have been something that you tweeted that I replied to, where it's like, uh, I actually would prefer to see him go to the WWE, like, yeah. you know, not not because I think that like he shouldn't be in AEW. I just think that that's actually probably the best fit for him. Um, because I, I think he wants the freedom to do what he wants. He wants to be able to make movies. He wants to be able to just kind of you know do his thing. So I think that's where they run into stuff. But like as an overall product, yeah, it makes sense. But good God, man, the WWE's getting to the point where they just have so many people. It just makes no sense to keep signing people. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're signing people literally just to sit home so they don't sign with the other competition. Like, that's it. Like, so if, if I'm a wrestler, I have to be really leery of why I'm going to the WWE. Do I really think that they're going to be using me, or are they just wanting me to stay away from them? And if so... I'm going to get paid just to sit at home, which is great and all, but like, I'm also going to lose a ton of momentum for my career and I'm not going to be able to do what I wanted to do out there. So I don't know, but I also feel like AEW, the same point, they can't just sign a bunch of people either because they only have, you know, one show a week and then pay-per-view and stuff. So it's, it's hard to get, I mean, MJF doesn't even have a match. That's another reason why I think he's going to turn on Cody. He doesn't even have a match. He needs a moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, damn. It's so that's true, man. The more I think about it, the more I think that your scenario is going to play out. I really do, <laughs> uh, man. I, I there's no reason MJF shouldn't be on this show in a, in a match. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a stacked show, but like you got to get him in there. That's that doesn't make sense to me. So it's like he's got to get his shine somewhere. Yeah, it's true because they've really built to Hangman Page versus MJF being like a title match or something at some point too. Like they got to get MJF getting some big wins pretty soon. Well, another thing, like they've kind of built Sammy Guevara and Brandon Cutler. I thought that that was going to be a, a pre-show match or something that never yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And sometimes they hit at stuff, and then it goes later on down the, the the line. I mean, what I love, though, is they're looking at the internet. They're paying attention. They're seeing what people are talking about, and they're going to try to outsmart us, and they're going to try to bring stuff that we didn't expect. And that's what I love is they know that they have to deliver great shows, and if it sucks, they're more than willing to admit that it sucks. That's why I love that they have post-match uh, interviews, like in fighting. Like, they're going to stand behind their product. The WWE would never do that. 
Yeah, I'm with I mean, you. The Triple H does his little conference call thing, but it's very like a selected interviewer that they pick from the WWE to ask the most generic corny questions. Like people are wondering what you thought of the Gargano Cole match, you know, like nothing crazy or anything like that. And then AEW goes out there in front of just legit wrestling media and takes all the questions they ask about the steel chair shots and everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that they do those media scrums and, uh, like, it's funny because, you know, Morcray Mundy from ESPN is like yeah. one of the guys now, which is just hilarious to me. Um, yeah. And I like, I, I love Mark's work. He's actually been on my podcast a, a couple of times. Like, I, oh, awesome. I'm a big fan of his, but it's one of those things. He goes to like, PWG a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so to see him in those, like, so there's like actual, you know, ESPN media standing there and asking questions, whereas I know... For, I know for a fact that, like, a lot of those Triple H conference calls and stuff, like, they're told specifically not to ask about certain things, too. Yep. So it's, 100%. So it's like, you and know, I promise you, one of those things is don't you bring up AEW. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also thought it was funny that, uh, you know, one of the things that Cody said, you mentioned it earlier about how um, CM Punk, isn't like he might go back to the WWE and he said that he, he thinks that CM Punk was misquoted in his interview and the interview was done by Mark Ramondi and, and Mark commented right underneath it and was like, I promise you he wasn't misquoted. Yep. I will. I will look at that. And then, and then um, Punk said that they offered him a contract through a text message and Cody denied that also. So to me, it's like, which one is it? Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, man. So I, 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 uh, I, I just, I feel like they're hiding something. And another thing too, is like when Tony Khan did his interview with Chris Van Fleet, he kind of really wanted to change the subject when they were talking about CM Punk. Yep. He was more than willing to talk about anything else. But then when it was brought up, when Punk was brought up, it was just kind of like, okay, next. Yep. So I, I just feel like that they and, and like everyone knows that Tony Khan was a big CM Punk fan. That's the that's the one that he wanted, you know, for his company. And so I just I have, man, it, it makes all the sense in the world for Punk to do it unless he just is such a douchebag and he can't get along with anybody. And he always wants to bitch about something, which is totally him. So who knows? Um, but I just think. There's two things that happened to Punk to me that really have hurt his uh, credibility with the wrestling fan base, and that's the UFC and him suing Colt Cabana. I think those two things, people are just like, man, like he needs redemption. He really does. Yeah, the Cabana thing is especially strange because I don't. I mean, I know the situation, but I don't. I haven't like followed it super closely lately, so I don't know. Because, like, on the surface level, it seems like, come on, dude, like, you have, you're a multi-millionaire, like, and you kind of dragged this dude into this situation. Like, it was his podcast, sure, but, like, he wasn't on the radar at all before you came on, and not, as far as, like, the WWE, like, right. wanted to do something about it, radar. Like, it, you know, he kind of brought this mess to Cole Cabana to some extent, and they've been best friends for, like, decades, and now they're 
he's suing this guy. It's like it, it is it is a really really bad look. Unless there's something I'm missing about it. Yeah, it's very bad in my opinion. It looks bad. It looks like he's almost the bully in the situation. And I, I just like I said, Punk needs redemption. Punk needs to go into a wrestling ring, get the people behind him again. And you know, if he only wants to wrestle for like a year or two and then just say goodbye to wrestling, that's fine, man. Just put your stamp on it, say goodbye your way, and call it a day. And if not, then hopefully, because if he doesn't show up in Chicago, he's yeah. not showing up. Like, right. Kill it. And then please, just stop chanting his name. Let it go. It's over. <laughs> the end. He's not coming back to pro wrestling. So at the the very least, even if he doesn't want to do wrestling, like even if he doesn't like the even the the product at all or anything, it would be nice to like if he just came out in front of the crowd and even just said, like, listen, like this isn't for me anymore. But like what you're seeing right here, this is the change I was trying to make. Like, like, this is it. Worst thing go. Yeah. Drop him him like a 10 minute. uh open mic pipe bomb and say goodbye to the crowd. And then you can just call it a day, you know? Yeah. But it's like, for some reason, people think that like he got kicked out, like, like he's calling Kaepernick of wrestling. Like, listen, if he wanted to come back, he could come back. A hundred percent. hundred percent. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go. What, uh, you got anything to to plug this time? I know you're always talking about changing your Twitter handle, but like it never changes. So yeah, no, I'm not changing the Twitter handle. I'm being lazy. This is what it is. Football season is about to start, so don't hold your breath on anything for me. Uh, you just you just got to have me on your show enough, and then I guess that, that that'll be my podcast for now. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> end of the day, you know my my son's one. My daughter's seven. She's in second grade. I work a Monday through Friday, nine to five job. It takes me an hour to get home, so I don't go home till six. Like it's just it's hard, man. It's hard to, uh, you know, really get enough time to set a schedule to where you can can do this frequently. There's always something that pops up. So I love talking about this stuff, though. Um, you know, and I love talking about my, my Cowboys and football, too. So, like, I just I would love to have a, a platform that I could do that. But um, it's going to have to be up to me to decide what what I do, what I do with it. And if I do anything or I don't know, but it is what it is. Well, I always appreciate having you on, man. And, you know, one of these times we'll get more. uh Maybe towards like the middle of the football season, we'll we'll catch up and see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll talk to you before then, but try to set something up for you know, like get a little bit more in depth on the NFL stuff. Like we're in like you know the real heat of the season. Oh yeah, I'm down. I I uh, I love talking about it. I think Cowboys are gonna be really good this year, so um, I'm super excited. And it's not just you know every you know Cowboys like yeah every year you say that, but like like the depth is just ridiculous this year and next year a lot of things are going to change because you really have to start paying a bunch of people and you're not going to have the same depth and all that so like this is our year this is our year to really capitalize and all those draft picks and all those things need to come together and make something happen i feel the same way about the vikings except 
I think the biggest question mark is still Kirk Cousins, and that's very uh, troubling to me. So yeah, the, he's got to start winning uh, those uh, games against winning records to to kind of this teams that have winning records. He's like five and twenty six or something like that. Yeah, it's it's god awful. That oh. that that's bad. Yeah. You know what I did like though is uh, I think Madison. Like when Dalvin Cook gets injured, because he will get injured. I hate to break it. Uh, yeah, probably. You know it will happen. But at least you have a pretty decent backup. I like Madison. I was even uh, going to pick him up in my 12 man fantasy league. Um, so, yeah. But football's here. AEW's here. Like Disney Plus is going to drop November 12th. Star Wars. Like this is going to be a good last of the end of the year. There's a lot of things going on. It's going to be good stuff. If you're a Breaking Bad fan, that movie comes out October 11th. I'm pretty hyped about that. On That's Netflix? Cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. It's uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. But honestly, like, that wrestling war on Wednesday is going to be nuts. I mean, live wrestling from AEW and NXT, and they're going to play top that, and that's going to be that's going to be awesome. And what's great, too, is nothing goes on on Wednesdays. Nothing. So Wednesday now has become amazing. I couldn't agree more. All right, bud. I'm uh I'm let you go. Get on out of here. Oh, make sure to uh shoot me your email, direct message that to me so I can get you that uh free entry for Wrestle Rumble. All right, sounds good. All right, buddy, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right, enjoy uh all out. All right, everyone. Once again, that was Doug Bateman. Thank you, Doug, for joining the show and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to give me a good rating and a good review. It's free. It takes no time at all, and it helps out a lot. So please go ahead and do that. It is much appreciated. Also, you can jump on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Search the words FightTalk podcast. Buy yourself some FightTalk merchandise. Any money that I make on that website, I reinvest right back into the podcast and the other things that I'm involved with. Makes it better for me, makes it better for you. It's a win-win, so check that out. Support the show even more over there at whatamaneuver.net. Also, you can listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast that I do every single weekend, talking a bunch of non-WWE news. So I give predictions, results, recaps, my opinion, whole bunch of stuff, whether it's AEW, NWA, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, anything that's going on on independentwrestling.tv, just independent wrestling in general, whole bunch of stuff over there at Fightful Select. So you can check that out. Once again, that is the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. I host it every single weekend, and it's a part of Fightful's Patreon service. You can also check out the stuff that I do at MMA on Point. The website is MMAonPoint.com. The YouTube channel, just search MMA on Point. Give us a follow on Instagram at MMA on Point and Twitter at On Point MMA. We provide, in my opinion, the best mixed martial arts content on the internet. And I do not say that lightly. I honestly believe that. If you're a fan of mixed martial arts, go ahead and check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Also, I'm going to be getting the Twitch going again soon. I know I say that all the time. I'm actually in the process right now of moving from Nashville, Tennessee to Atlanta, Georgia. I actually have my condo already there, so I'm technically here in Nashville and Atlanta going back and forth. And I've already started moving things. But one of the things that I'm setting up over there is a nice little studio for my podcast, for my MMA on point work, and to get back on Twitch and game for you guys more often. So if you want to give me a follow on there, it's totally free. And then you'll be notified when I'm back online. 
Just search the same as my Twitter handle. It's fight talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. All right, just want to give a shout out to my sponsors and we'll get on out of here. First, I want to start with WrestleRumble.com because, of course, they are the featured sponsor on all of my prediction podcasts. Once again, I mentioned it, you know, during the beginning of the show and again with Doug, but you can jump on WrestleRumble.com, be a part of the AEW All Out Pick'em Contest. First place gets $1,000 cash. That's one zero 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 one thousand dollars cash. Second and third place both get a mystery box from WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at WrestleRumble to stay up to date with all their contests. Also, I want to give a shout out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends has the best professional wrestling memorabilia out there. They have autographs, DVDs, action figures, old magazines, anything you can think of. They're nice people and they do fair business. Just check them out. That's Heroes and Legends. Give them a follow on social media at HL Pro Wrestling. And last but never least, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. He's a professional boxing coach. He's a personal trainer. He helps with Parkinson's Foundations. He can help you reach your goals. Whether you want to lose weight, get in better shape, learn self-defense, and, or you know maybe even compete if you want to be training to be a professional fighter, a professional boxer, even at an amateur level, whatever it is, Brian's your guy. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you in person. But if you're anywhere else in the world, he can help you remotely. Just shoot him a follow on Instagram at BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Follow him on Instagram. Shoot him a direct message. He can help you remotely or he can help you in person. He'll help you reach your goals. I promise it. And you'll enjoy doing it too. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. That's going to do it for this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't know when I'll be back, but I will be back soon.